0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast.
1: Welcome back. It's AMI-audio live on location in Regina. We are enjoying the day celebrating the CNIB's 100th anniversary as they get ready to commence another 100 years we hope more. Uh, Kelly McDonald. this is an AMI-audio live. My co-host, Ramya Muthan of Kelly and Company. We're here today enjoying our great conversations with so many people, Ramya.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Kels. And, you know, just to end off our really cool pre-celebration broadcast, we're going to get a chance to talk to someone really cool from the CNIB, Teresa Eho. She is the CNIB Child and Family Services Counselor. Thanks for joining us today, Teresa. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I mean, the pleasure is all ours. So, um, before we start talking about your role and all that, can you just tell us how long you've been with the CNIB? I'm
2: um, coming in my eighth year worth working with CNIB. So almost a decade.
0: Almost. <laughs> and has your role kind of changed throughout, or have you uh, did you get in in this department and kind of stay there?
2: I've always been uh, the child and family services counselor since the beginning. So
0: okay. And what kind of uh, training did you go through uh, to get into this position?
2: Um a few different things it's more um experience i think that i got the position but um i have my adapted physical studies degree through the u of r and i also have my recreation therapy uh, diploma as well that i got in sas and has that kind of changed
0: uh, maybe in the last few years for people going into this uh, uh position the uh, background you kind of need
2: um, yeah, like when I went on uh, maternity leave, we just basically asked for a degree, whether it was in adaptive physical studies or with it was in psychology, social service, like social st- um, services. Um, so just kind of those types of, of degrees. Sure. So can you tell us about your position and uh, what this
0: role and title entails?
2: Okay. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot, I know. <laughs> it's a very big role, so I'll break it down. Um. I have kind of two areas, early, early intervention and then school age um, that I work with. So I'm responsible for birth to 21, as long as that they're in the school system, but mostly 18-year-olds, and then they move into adult services. Um, and I'm responsible for the southern region of Saskatchewan. So to explain that a little further, if you take a line on the map and draw it across Davison and across to the Manitoba border and the um, Alberta border and go all the way down to the US border that's what I serve such a big chunk it's huge (laughs) what is the
1: early intervention can you just explain that to everybody
2: uh, sure. It's um, mostly from the birth to going into school age. And in in that, there's a lot of assessments and, and figuring out where the child is with their development, meeting their milestones, um, and then helping the child meeting those milestones so that they can get ready to, to go to school. Now, can this be anything from, like, uh, fine motor skills and all that
0: kind of, like, physical stuff, As well as other things?
2: Oh, for sure. Like the assessment goes over everything. So it goes over speech, it goes over, um, sorry, language, goes over um, fine motor, gross motor. It just touches everything. And then we kind of figure out, you know, where they are and where their kind of their peers would be, their same age peers, and then try to um, get them up there. So I can do home visits, I do office visits, I do community. Daycares, um, I go into schools and, and help out in those areas as well. That's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, it's interesting to see
0: how just a child with potentially just one uh, disability uh, being a visual impairment and there's all these other things that you have to consider when they're uh, at that age, right, at that age range.
2: For sure. I always say, you know, I am, you know, concentrating on the vision part of things. But we're a whole person. We're not just vision. But vision does take. We take 80% of our learning from vision. So it is very difficult to possibly learn how to walk or crawl when we're not seeing other yeah. people doing yeah. it. Um, they have to learn a different way.
1: It's a lot of a lot of mimicking that we do as. As as well sighted people are able to do it, um, those of us with vision impairment, not so. And it can be down from like you say, crawling to later on mm-hmm. sipping out of a beer or something like that. And uh, why do you have your whole mouth around that or whatever? And you know, you're not knowing from imitation.
2: Exactly, and and it is just about finding or teaching, you know, parents just that different way of doing things. Um, Because if they tell me, my child can't do this, I don't like the word can't, Mm -hmm. um, and it's not my vocabulary, so I always tell them, you know what, let's go see what we can do. We can adapt things, modify things, there's always, you know, we can always find a way.
0: Now, how challenging is it, though, because I'm sure it's never, um, or not always, an easy case to, to work with the parents to say, hey, don't hold your child back, you know? So
2: how challenging can it really get, and how often does it get challenging? Um, it can get challenging. Um, there is parents who feel maybe guilt. And so they feel like they should be doing these things for their kids, that they should be pouring their, their, their children, their milk, and they're getting their cereal and doing almost everything for them. Oh boy. Um, and so it is about not, even though I work with the children, I know that I have to get their peer, their peers on board, um, their Uh, siblings and their parents on board so that they have the support group around them to be able to meet their goals and so sometimes getting parents on board is difficult but you know when i sit down with the kids and i'm doing stuff with them and showing the parents what they can do what they're capable of doing it's a shift the parents start realizing oh my goodness you know my kid can do this and can do it safely
0: And you know what? What I think the cool part is, when you're at that age, so I'm low vision myself, and when I was two or three or four, before going into school specifically, um, you don't really have a conscious idea that you're different from other people because of your vision. Right. Right? Like, you don't have that. It's mostly the people, your support system, like your sibling, potentially older siblings, your family, of course, parents, they know you're different um, and you have different challenges or obstacles that other kids may not have. But you as a child don't have that. So from that age, you're looking or, you know, looking back, it's good to have people like you intervening and saying, hey, no, you can do everything else that somebody else can who doesn't have low vision.
2: Yeah, and giving them the skills to do it. You know, kids want to be they find their interests. you know I work with kids who are you know skiing and um, they go fishing they they do judo and I think that's a great thing of what we also offer in our summer we have summer camps that we do as well and we always try to pick activities that kids may not be exposed to or do mm-hmm. and so and we take videos and um, pictures and I'll I'll text those to parents going Look at here's your child doing judo. And they'll text me back going, oh, my goodness. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> there must be some interesting positions. You put them in, send the picture. and they
2: No, 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 I don't want my kid doing that. And, and yet
1: they see the smile on that child's face.
2: Exactly. And then I get texts later saying, you know, they've enrolled their child into judo or karate. Um, nice. So, or, you know, we take them horseback riding or take them, you know, sailing. And so then, then the kids... We were empowering the kids and giving them a voice because then they're going to their parents going, Mom, I want to do this, that's and, and that's important for us. So
0: it is a kind of an important day and an important uh, week and time for the CNIB and feeling that they've reached 100 years, mm-hmm. and you've been there for eight of those years. Yes. <laughs> so do you have any really fond memories or just like a huge thing that you want to thank the CNIB for, for, for you know, having you a part of their uh, community?
2: Yeah, I, you know, everyone thanks me for being in their lives and providing a service. Um, But really, I'm the one learning. I'm so grateful for C9B to allow me to be in this position to meet the people I have. Um, To be able to go into people's homes and be welcomed and have the experiences that I do has just been amazing. That's
0: incredible. And uh, in terms of who you're working with and children, um, do you have any other roles that you want to tell us about? Uh, you were talking about early intervention and um, some of the, the CNIB camps. Do you get involved in that as well, organizing them?
2: Yeah, that's sort of how my role has sort of shifted. Um Ashley, now the program lead does take over camps and I just come and, and help and hang out um, where before I implemented them and planned them. So, but it's so great to just still be a part of camps and and groups. Um, But with the school age, I'm very involved there when they're in schools and helping them out there um, to provide accessibility there. Um, But I'm also hoping to start up groups around literacy and Braille for some of the kids who are still learning and struggling and pairing them up with the older ones who are not struggling at Braille and doing very well. So that's my hopes for this year anyways. Perfect. And any other positive message you want to leave uh, parents with? Well, I could leave them with several. (laughs) (laughs) Tons, tons. Um, I think just the biggest thing is just don't, you know, don't set up, limitations just you know ask your child every day what do you want to do today and just try try it with your kid and see how things go Teresa
0: thank you so much for joining us today thank you so much for having me Yeah, and we'll see you later on in the uh, celebrations sounds good thank you so much Teresa Iho joins us she is the uh, CNIB Child and Family Services Counselor at CNIB Saskatchewan and uh, we'll catch up with her later
1: And that wraps up our AMI-audio live edition. The first one today, we're going to step aside, Ramya Muthan, myself, Kelly McDonald, for a little while. But stick around. The celebrations from Ottawa with Dave Brown as your host are next. Listen in to how CNIAB celebrates its 100th anniversary. And then we'll bring it back here to Regina around 7.30 Eastern. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us. And thanks to all of our guests here on the program. Stick around. The day continues.
0: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amodhan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.